G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. Let's get an update on some of the big issues as they've been breaking overnight. Ashley Saunders, the National Director of Family Voice Australia, back with us. Hello, Ashley. Welcome back to 2020. Good morning, Neil, and uh, good morning, listeners. Ashley, let's come to the marriage front because uh, the survey's almost over. Uh, survey forms need to be into the Australian Bureau of Statistics by next Tuesday. Time is running out. What are your feelings at this late stage? There are still lots of people who haven't put their form in. Yes, there are many people, but uh, I, I'm encouraged by the fact that the participation rate has been higher than uh, you, you, you would have seen in the USA presidential election, higher than the um, similar vote in Ireland, higher than the Brexit uh, referendum and so there is a sense in which the participation rate is encouraging especially given the circumstances that Australians are not used to such a voluntary process and uh, yes you're right if there are people who are listening and they haven't put their forms in um, I'd encourage them to post it back today by express post um, all forms need to be received by close of business next Tuesday the 7th of November and any form received after that date will not be included. In fact it's a staggering number of those forms that are coming into the ABS even at this late stage. Up until Friday last week 400,000 forms in the previous week so that's across just one week. There are an awful lot of people who are not leaving this with their ballot left on the shelf at home, uh, they are actually responding. And that, I imagine, is a positive for the no case. Uh, what are your thoughts on on whether the late respondents may be people who could be yes or no voters, Ashley? Uh, we can speculate, and we can speculate that uh, people who are voting at this late stage are more likely to be voting no because they're concerned by the consequences, that they weren't perhaps going to become involved, but having become convinced that there are some serious consequences, are getting involved. And yet at the same time, uh, won't it be good in just a couple of weeks when we won't have to speculate anymore because on the 15th of November, uh, the result of the postal survey will be announced. Yes, and and let's speculate beyond uh, what might happen there uh, because uh, one of the things that, of course, if the no vote gets up, there won't be any legislation before the parliament, but if the yes vote wins, uh, then there will be legislation that will quickly come before the parliament. And, of course, the government juggling all of that and Malcolm Turnbull making promises that things could be uh, changed by the end of the year. But, of course, now there's this by-election that's going on, too, in the seat of New England. There are a lot of distractions and things that are going to take the limelight away from a discussion about these things, Ashley. Uh, yes, there are. And um, I guess I would couch what I say on the basis that regardless of the result, whether there's a yes vote or whether there's a no vote, the things that we've seen and the things that we've experienced over the last couple of months have highlighted the fact that the fundamental freedoms that we hold dear in this country to freedom of thought, freedom of conscience, freedom of religion, that 
um, regardless of the uh, of the yes or no case, that we really need to ensure that the United Nations declaration is better reflected in Australian law, so that um, the threats that uh, to the freedoms that um, our opponents, those who advocate change, uh, say are not under threat, we, we need to ensure that whether it's a yes or no vote, that those freedoms are in fact not threatened, and more than that, are better protected in Australian law. Your thoughts, Ashley Saunders, on the idea that these fundamental freedoms that you're talking about, uh, freedom of thought, freedom of conscience, freedom of religion, that somehow or other there does appear to be the sorts of wording used in a lot of the publicity, a lot of the uh, information you might read about this, that, that talks about these things as not being necessarily the broad freedoms that we might come to expect when we talk about freedom of religion, freedom of conscience, but somehow rather trying to uh, trying to minimise those, to consolidate those into some sort of a special case idea uh, with those sorts of exemptions they might be talking about with legislation legislation around freedoms. What are your thoughts on the need for keeping the understanding of that freedom broad right across the whole nation? Uh, Not only broad, but I think we need to reject the language of religious exemptions because even that language plays into the idea that this or that is good and lawful and proper, but we're going to make a special case for this small group of people so as not to offend your religious sensibilities. It's, it's almost as though it's saying, you know, we're making you a special case, and that language is not something that reflects what is and has been recognised for decades as a fundamental um, human right. Uh, nobody accused the United Nations of being um, a, a, a far-right-wing organisation, And yet decades ago, the United Nations enshrined that these rights, firstly, are not just institutional rights, but belong to every individual. Uh, That means it's not enough for legislation to say, we're going to make some special cases for churches or some religious bodies. Uh, They are individual rights. They belong to you, they belong to me, and they belong to every single Australian. Secondly, that uh, these are not just rights that can be exercised or lived out in private, But the Article 18 of the Declaration specifically says that these are rights that can be manifest, that's the language, manifest in public. Uh, Thirdly, the issue of parental rights, and that's very important because of programs like Safe Schools and other similar programs with uh, a different name uh, that is based on a radical gender ideology with which many parents have a conscientious objection. And the article in that United Nations Declaration specifically says that parents have the right to raise their children in conformity with their convictions. And the fourth thing that I would say is that the Declaration itself envisages that there might be circumstances where these fundamental freedoms need to be restricted, but only in very limited circumstances. And it refers to the preservation of public safety, public order, health or morals, and also to the extent necessary to preserve other human rights. And what I would say about that is it's not a matter that says uh, this human right of freedom of thought, conscience and religion is here and there's a competing human right and therefore freedom of religion, freedom of conscience must automatically suffer. Um, It's not like that at all. Uh, It specifically says that you can only limit it to the extent necessary. And so rather than legislators saying, well, you know, uh, this is not as important a human right or we think that the restriction is reasonable, it first needs to pass the test, is it necessary? 
And so these are four things that we believe at Family Voice need to be on the public agenda because what's happened over the last couple of months has highlighted that regardless of a yes or no vote, these are important things for Australia to protect fundamental human rights. These are huge issues and so much more to talk about when it comes to the way any of that legislation might be framed uh, if there is a yes vote. Uh, Ashley, let me ask you about another huge, huge issue that's going on right now, the euthanasia bill. Uh, Before the Victorian Upper House, uh, they are going to begin the debate on that today. Uh, You've been following along that process. Uh, What are your thoughts on the possibility of even a vote by Friday? Uh, I think that uh, Parliament is likely to sit until there is a vote. They want to deal with this. Um, That, in a sense, shows the desperation of the agenda, and I'm concerned about that. When the lower house voted, they sat all night, and uh, that does not bode well for good decision-making. What that says is um, it is more important that we make the decision according to our timetable than that we actually have proper debate. So I'm concerned about that, and it's probably going to be the case that the upper house in Victoria will meet uh, and debate until they vote. Uh, And... Nobody knows at this stage whether it's likely to get up or not. Uh, A week ago, um, newspapers were reporting that um, the yes case had the numbers. Uh, Now they're saying they're a lot tighter. Uh, And I would simply urge uh, all your listeners to prayer. Um, I don't believe that you can ever have sufficient safeguards. Um, The medical associations are saying uh, that any law that enables or provides for a doctor to be involved in taking someone's life or assisting them is unethical uh, and we need to be um, very seriously in prayer that this legislation does not get up in Victoria. As someone said, 65 conditions mean 65 things that can go wrong and a very serious uh, issue to do with the euthanasia bill before the upper house in Victoria. Uh, Let's skip Uh, North to Queensland, the Queensland Parliament, it's been dissolved, Uh, elections to be held on the 25th of November, and uh, you've made some submissions to various inquiries. One of those was in Queensland. Uh, What are your thoughts on uh, the calling of the election and and some of the things that you've been submitting to various inquiries in Queensland, Ashley? Uh, One of the inquiries uh, concerned the issue of sex education and the issue of using technology. And uh, we had made a submission indicating that um, uh, that exposure by children to a lot of the material that's available freely on the internet is actually very harmful. And uh, so we made a written submission into that inquiry, that committee. Uh, I was invited to give oral evidence before that committee in just a couple of weeks. But of course, with the parliament having been dissolved, that means that the committees are also dissolved and any legislation... Uh, that the Parliament was dealing with now lapses. Whether or not that legislation is revived following the election, uh, we don't know, but uh, you and your listeners can rest assured that we at Family Voice will be keeping an eye on that and we want to make sure that uh, children are protected from a lot of the harmful content that is available freely online. One of the things that we do at Family Voice is when there's a state or a federal election, we prepare uh, a survey that uh, goes to political parties and goes to every candidate and we're working on that with a view to that being online today and uh, we'll then be sending 
emails to parties will be sending emails to candidates as soon as they're known, inviting them to provide answers, and will then be ranking their answers and providing um, people in Queensland with some um, type of information about significant issues uh, as to where candidates and parties stand. A rich history that Family Voice Australia has in providing that survey information and no doubt we'll be talking some more about that in the lead up to the election in Queensland. Let's go from Queensland across the nation to WA because in WA significant issues going on there, the call for an inquiry into the situation of babies born alive following abortion and then left to die. And this hasn't been only an issue that Western Australia has dealt with. Uh, lots of states have had their own statistics when it comes to this issue. But you've got a, uh, an inquiry call there in WA. What is, what's the story there for you, Ashley? C- can I first of all say, Neil, that uh, I am almost in tears as I consider the reality that unborn babies um, are aborted and that governments and Parliaments think that it's a tragedy that in trying to kill that unborn baby, the baby is actually born alive and then not given any medical assistance and is left to die. I, I, that, that cuts me to the core. I think you're not and, alone in uh, that. Uh, and, and it's a serious issue. And uh, we seriously thank God for parliamentarians like Nick Goyron in the Western Australian Upper House, who has made this an issue now for some time. And as the shadow minister for uh, child protection, uh, he has called for an inquiry uh, into the death of 27 unborn babies who have survived abortion in recent years. Their birth is not reported. Um, they, the, 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 the circumstances are not reported for, uh, uh, for coronial inquiry. Uh, no one contacts the Department of Child Protection uh, these babies are simply left to die. And Nick Goyeran has called for an inquiry into that. That's been supported by a petition signed by more than 7,000 people. And um, pro-life um, groups like Family Voice and the Coalition for the Defence of Human Life have endorsed that call and are actively inviting the Western Australian Parliament to make that inquiry, to have that inquiry, uh, to ensure that children are in fact protected. You know, many of the babies who are aborted are simply because they're diagnosed with Down syndrome or with spina bifida. Uh, And what does that say about how valuable people are who are born with disabilities? Uh, It's not a good message to send. And and we need to make sure that we protect, not destroy human life. We'll follow that one along too and uh, see if that inquiry is in fact established and uh, a call for an inquiry is one thing. Uh, To have a government respond and say, yes, let's do this, sometimes is a real challenge. Uh, It is always good getting your insights. Uh, Ashley Saunders, the National Director of Family Voice Australia. Ashley, thanks so much for your update today on 2020. Uh, It's good to be with you and uh, have a good day. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.